Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Appreciate you joining us today for today's episode of Everyday Truth. Getting near the end of the year and getting near the end of my collection of mugs, to be honest with you. I've got my pontoon captain mug here from Minnesota, thanks to the Van Epp family, Van Epps family, and uh, the Bud Keys, my good friends up there in uh, Minnesota. Of course, this time of year, I don't know that you'd be a, a pontoon captain uh, in Minnesota. You'd, I think you'd be more of a, like an ice fisherman. I think it's getting pretty cold up there in Minnesota. If you're listening from Minnesota, thanks for listening in today. Appreciate that. Uh, we are in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter number three, and we've been talking a bit about just some tr- trouble that the church at Thessalonica had uh, with some disorderly people. And not disorderly in the sense of um, violent, but disorderly in the sense of they didn't follow the the God-ordained order of the church, one tenet of which was, hey, we pull our own weight. We work with our own hands. We don't mooch off of other people. And I know that we all agree with that when it comes to like physical work. Uh, that we ought to, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. But I wonder sometimes if we don't do that spiritually. I wonder sometimes if we don't allow allow others to pull the weight of prayer or others to pull the weight of evangelism or others to pull the weight of whatever the, the case may be. And wow, we need to make sure that when it comes to working with our own hands and behaving orderly, that we are exercising our own spiritual gifts, uh, that we are engaged in our local church, in our giving, in our serving, in our attending, that it's vital. God has placed you in that local body for a reason. And it's important that you put personal responsibility upon yourself as a steward of the Lord, and you're not just mooching off of the giftings and the resources of other people. So I think the the application is a lot more than just physical resources. Look at verse number 10 uh, of our text, where the Apostle Paul says, For even when we were with you, so he's still harping on this idea of responsibility and disorderliness and his own example and the example of Silas and Timothy. And now he says in verse number 10, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So we all know that. I think we've all heard that. We might not have known it was from Second Thessalonians, but uh, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And I think it's a good principle. Now, does that mean that uh, we should never provide meals for people, or there are never situations in which we should, you know, feed the hungry or help the homeless or, you know, have a soup kitchen. No, not at all. The, the point here is attitude. 
that if a person refuses, remember we said a couple episodes ago that the disorderly were those that that persisted in that attitude of, uh, I am not going to do this, I'm not going to serve, and everyone else can take care of me. It's more of an attitude than it is an action in that sense. And so the, the point is, you know, what, what is your attitude about work? What is your attitude about serving? Yes, there are times when you financially uh, are not able to X, Y, or Z. And, or there are times when physically, man, I'm just on my back in a hospital bed, or I, I've had something happen to my family and I just need the benevolence of other believers. That happens. But the, the Paul, Paul's talking more here about one's biblical attitude or non-biblical attitude as that may be. And so if a man doesn't work Neither should he eat. That's strong language, strong language. We should not be enabling people that can work and should work not to work. That's the point. The point is without dealing with it, without the withdrawal that we talked about a couple episodes ago, without dealing, confronting with uh, confronting this, the behavior is simply going to persist. That's why Paul used language like, I command you. And when we were with you before, we commanded you. And now again, I'm writing about this. So you can only sense the level of frustration that, humanly speaking, Paul is is feeling. Because this is now the third time he's coming back and preaching the same message. And with some people, there's just this stubborn refusal to obey. I like what that verse says. And uh, Proverbs, is it 29? I think might be 27. Uh, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall, I think it's 29 verse 1. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. So hardening the neck is I refuse to look. I refuse to turn. I refuse to respond. Well, the Bible says you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. But there comes a day where it is destruction comes. You know, you can you can disobey, 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 but there comes a line, doesn't there? The Apostle Paul, I think it's close to his line here, isn't he? Look at verse number 11, and watch how one sin is compounded by another sin. And watch how one sin can actually give rise to another sin. Verse number 11, where the Bible says, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. So Paul said, this is, a, this is a fact. We know this, and you're talking about it. And then it says this, working not at all, but are busybodies. So Paul said, we know that there are people among you that refuse to work. We've warned them. We've talked about this. We wrote the first letter. Uh, it's all fallen upon deaf ears. But let me tell you one thing they are doing. They're not working, but they are being busy bodies. So what's a busy body? A busy body is one that nebs into other people's business unnecessarily. He jumps in. He's the gossip. He's the tail bearer. He's the, uh, he's the one that, uh, that doesn't mind his own business. And what's very interesting is when the apostle Paul talked about the love that this church has uh, for other people, uh, back in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, he said, I'm praying that your love for each other would increase yet more and more. But then he said this in chapter 4, I think it's verse number 10 or 11. He said, and that you study to be quiet. 
In other words, that you would make an effort to be restful. Why? Because when you're the kind of person that's a loving, giving person, if you're not careful, you'll overdo it. So you need to make sure that you're building in rest and you're building in seasons of you got to study to be quiet. I think the Martha syndrome sometimes is we can get so busy in the work of God that we forget about the God of the work. So study to be quiet. But then Paul said, and to uh, do your own business. So study to be quiet and to do your own business. Sometimes in, in the name of love, we unnecessarily insert ourselves into other people's business and when we shouldn't. And the Bible says that we're, we're to learn to do our own business, uh, mind your own business. And what the Bible's saying here in 2 Thessalonians is that these non-workers, these disorderly ones uh, who had all this time on their hand were turning this extra time into busy bodying. Uh, unnecessarily and unwisely getting involved in other people's business when they shouldn't and really just causing a greater problem because of it. Boy, that's a that's a danger in our society. Why? Because we don't work as we once did. You know, the work week, and I'm not saying that you don't work hard or that I don't work hard, but we don't work as a society the way that we once did. So the work week is getting shorter and shorter it's 40 hours, five day, used to be six days, used to be 60 hours. And people are talking about maybe a four day work week and, and more vacation. And, and I'm not necessarily against all that. But what I'm saying is with more time, with more discretionary time, there's more temptation to be a busybody. If you want to read a passage that really kind of talks about this in a poignant way, read 1 Timothy chapter 5, where... Uh, Paul is talking about widows, and he talks about the younger widows, you know, women that have lost their husband, but they're still young, and they're st they can still have children. They're, they're, they're not old women. He said, the younger women refuse, because the Bible says, if, 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 you, if they don't get remarried and get on with their lives, then with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but busybodies also. Uh, and uh, they just get into trouble because they have too much time on their hand. You know, we can do this virtually, can't we? You know, we get on that Facebook page and we've got to comment on everything. We've got to jump into everyone's dispute on Twitter. And we've got to get into everyone's drama on Instagram. And what a waste of time that is. So let me just encourage you that if you feel like you get involved too much in other people's lives unnecessarily, in busybodying, it's probably because you've got too much time on your hand. And one sin, disorderliness, is actually exacerbating another sin, which is um, busybodying. Look at verse number uh, 12. Now them that are such, these disorderly busybodies, now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, strong language. We, uh, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So what's the answer? The answer is, shh, you don't have to be in everyone's business. You don't have to know, have the latest gossip on everything. You don't have to rein in and comment on everyone's drama. You know, with quietness, serve, serve God, serve your family, 
stay busy, you know, eat your own bread, meet your own needs, you know, deal with the busy bodying by dealing with the disorderliness. Deal with both of them. Paul is reiterating what he said in First Timothy or First Thessalonians chapter four, and in First Thessalonians chapter five, and verse number fourteen. And then uh, finally today, uh, he adds just this little pithy statement, verse number thirteen. But ye brethren, be not weary in well doing. You know, um, there's there's the silent majority at Thessalonica that we're just doing right, loving God, working hard. Uh, trying to be faithful. And sometimes if we're not careful with all the drama around us, you know, this person, you know, they, she never works the nursery. He never helps out. You know, the, 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 they, uh, our church is in financial trouble and they don't even tithe. And, and if we're not careful, we'll look at the, the disorderly ones, or we'll look at the gossip or the busybody one, and we'll get discouraged with our own giving. We'll get discouraged with our own service. And what the Apostle Paul says here is don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, he told the Galatian churches, we shall reap if we faint not. And you're going to get out what you put in. And the law of sowing and reaping applies. And so in the moment when it appears like, ah, then just trust God. Know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord and just watch God bless in the ways that only he can. So hope that helps uh, you in your life, in your own ministry. I hope that you have a great day today. Looking forward to our next and I think last episode uh, tomorrow uh, in 2 Thessalonians. I'll see you there. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.